in the morning when you want the news you need the front page every hour on the press box nothing's writing on this except the uh, first amendment the constitution freedom of the press and maybe the future of the country not that any of that matters and now the news our men's soccer team is going to the olympics they missed the last olympics but they beat the Dominican Republic in the U-20 CONCACAF championship game. That tournament also serves as qualification for the Olympics. And we're going. So 2024 in Paris, our men's soccer team will be playing in the Olympics. Very exciting. I saw this as the lead story to the front page, and I said, yes. why not? Why not make this the lead uh, with the CONCACAF championship? 6-0? Was that 6-0? Yeah, in the final oh, over man. the Dominican Republic. They... Uh, they dominated uh-huh. this tournament. Um, j- so in 2026, the Olympics on the men's side is normally U20. Um, we should be really good. Like, there's a chance we could win the gold medal in soccer. At the really? Olympics. Yeah. Like, we we should be very, very good if everybody is sending their U20s. There's usually rules that allow countries to send, like, two or three guys that are over the age of 20. But that, I, I think we've got a chance to to actually win the gold medal in 2024 because our, our team should be quite good. This is a this is a uh, change. I didn't think you were going to say that. I thought you were going to say they had a chance to medal. No, nah, win the gold. Win, all, win the best medal. We're going to win the gold medal, and then we're going to win the World Why Cup. Why are we so good at U20 at this point? Just kids that have come up through the system? Yeah, we got we got a bunch of young kids that play soccer in other countries, and then they decide yeah. to play for the United States, and we win. Basically, what he said is, we see other kids that, in countries go, "Hey, your great grandfather was an American." <laughs> That's exactly. You have dual. Would you like dual citizenship? <laughs> exactly. Your great grandfather from Brazil. <laughs> they already have dual citizenship. We just offer them to play soccer for us as well. I noticed you couldn't make the German team. Would you like to play for the American, American team? team? Hey, hey, hey. We Listen, shut up, Max Scherzer. We got a guy to pick us over Germany, Malik Tillman, and the German coaches were mad about it. He could make the German team. He just picked us instead. I don't care about your next question. The Aces that lost timed right. to Minnesota. 102-71. Oh, Disaster. 31-point loss. The Aces shot 37% from the floor. They've now lost four of their last six games. Was this one of those days where, you know, we love we love the spread, how she spreads them out and shoots three, and this is just one of the days where they missed everything? I did not watch it. I just read about it. Um, they didn't get many this... shots inside at all, but was this uh, one of those days? Or you a little worried defensively here from four of their last six. So this was not missing threes. They shot fine from three, but they only got seven shots within five feet of the rim. The and entire game? Yeah, the entire game. And so here's your last your last six games for the Aces where they've lost four of them. They are getting 18 shots per game within five feet and making 51% of them. To compare to the first part of the season when they were on fire, the Aces were getting 21 shots within five feet, so three more, but they were making 64%. The Aces were making almost two-thirds of their shots at the rim. Now they're down to half. This team is not finishing at the rim anymore, Like, they, and they're not getting quite as many shots there either. That could be a concern. Like If teams are able to defend them more heavily in the paint, 
the Aces have to be able to make them pay from outside the paint. They've got to knock down a bunch of threes. So that's a concern offensively for this team, a team that didn't look like it had any offensive concerns. So are they getting anything in transition at all? No, not really, because they are not—they're uh, not getting a lot of the stop turn, live ball turnovers or like right. you know the long rebounds right. that lead to transition breaks. Yeah, it's just—it's not happening because that's a big way you boost those numbers. Yeah, you get yeah you get layups, but they are not getting those very much either. Wow, sorry. Um, I got you. I got you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Jacob DeGrom pitched again. His first appearance this season was at single A. He struck out five of the six batters he faced. He threw one pitch 101 miles an hour. What are these poor single A kids doing that Jacob DeGrom keeps? He did this last year. He pitched against single A guys and threw it like 99. Like, oh, thanks, Jacob. I was going to say, I like David Ross comment. They didn't see the ball. They're in single A. They're like, oh, what happened? Yeah. I, I have to sit down now? Oh, okay. Yeah. 101 miles an hour. I I mean, are we in a believe it when we see it with David Ross? Excuse me, with Jacob DeGrom. Well, with David Ross as well. That's, with yeah, Jacob DeGrom, are we in a believe it when we see it in terms of him being back and healthy and, and being able to pitch at the major league level? I mean, he's got to be back this year, right? I mean, he didn't pitch last season. Yeah, you'd think he'd be back, but every time he comes back, he gets hurt. Yeah, like I just, you got to imagine he comes back. Because, like, if he, here's, Buster only had a report over the weekend that, um, Jacob DeGrom is going to opt out of his contract at the end of this year. And Buster only said the Braves will be the favorites to sign him. Whatever about the Braves signing him. If Jacob DeGrom like, pitches like two games in the majors this year, is he really opting out and somebody else giving him a better contract? You mean like the Braves, as, as, yeah. as, as Buster said? Like, I don't know you... if they're giving him a better contract. Right. Like, Could any team justify... No, giving not, no. Jacob DeGrom a contract unless he comes back and pitches from whatever point on this season. Like, if he comes back and pitches in September. And it's Jacob DeGrom. Right. And, like, the Mets are in the postseason and DeGrom makes, like, four or five good postseason starts. Absolutely. But, like, right. if he comes back, makes a start or two, is hurt again, doesn't make a postseason start. Like, I just can't imagine as good as good as we know he is. I just can't imagine any team actually giving Jacob DeGrom a big contract because you're going to end up paying that guy $35, $40, $45 million yeah, to that's not what he play. Would de- that's what he would demand, and you don't even know if he's going to be healthy enough to pitch. So I'm just – I have to imagine he comes back. Well, what are the Mets going to give him? Yeah, yeah we'll see. And Steve Cohen doesn't like being outspent. We've seen that already. So I just – I can't imagine he's not back in the major leagues this year because – I. It, Maybe it's a little too overdramatic, but like his career kind of depends yes. on it. I mean, he's thirty-four. Like the well, rest his of his future earnings, his future it. earnings definitely depend on it. Yeah, like if he's gonna get another big contract, he kind of has to come back this year and do it. Oh, Next question. Standing in your corner. Next question. The Boston Celtics traded for Malcolm Brogdon. <laughs> they sent a first-round pick. And a couple of bench players, Aaron Neesmith, Daniel Tyson, a couple others, to the Pacers for Malcolm Brogdon. Um, So this is what I found to be funny. The Boston Celtics went to the NBA Finals. Lost in six, right? But went to the NBA Finals. This was the first year that they made Marcus Smart their point guard. Their point guard. 
they had had other point guards before. Kyrie Irving was one of them at one time. Isaiah Thomas, like they've had other point guards, but this was the first time, hey, Marcus Smart, you're the point guard. They got all the way to the finals. They had turnover problems in the finals. Absolutely. Looked like a team that maybe could use a point guard. But they got to the finals, the farthest they've gotten with this group of players with Marcus Smart as their point guard. And the first thing they did in the offseason was go and acquire another point guard that's presumably going to start over Mark. I mean, Smart will probably still be in the starting lineup, but it's going to start at point guard over Marcus yeah. Smart. I'm I'm curious if you're bought, like, was this the actual answer? Because the other part of this, like, it's not like Malcolm Brogdon's better than Marcus Smart. Like, that's not a for sure, oh, yeah, he's guaranteed to be better than Marcus Smart situation. No, but they gave up, you, you hit it on the head, they gave up so many possessions in those finals turnovers. And I'm not saying it was all his fault, but he is a point guard. And maybe they thought they needed a change there. Um, defensively, he's definitely not better, obviously. Um, and I don't know if he's going to come in and, and the turnovers are going to be cut down. They can't be as bad as they were in the finals turnover-wise, I wouldn't think. But it is interesting that this is the first move they made after getting to the final. So you could still, I mean, you could play them together, right? Yeah, you can. You it'll, can it'll play them together. Be, right. Like if you if you have Tatum and Brown, are you going smart and Brogdon? Because now that's essential. I mean, Tatum and Brown are big, but that's four guards that are on the floor. Right. So if you're playing small, absolutely. But if you need to play big for any reason, then one of them's got to be off the floor. And I think I'd rather have Marcus Smart on the floor than Malcolm Brogdon. So... I'm curious how much this actually does for Boston. Granted, they didn't give up a whole lot to give them. They gave I was going to say. It'll be pretty late next year. And then a bunch of like guys that were either barely in or not in their rotation at all in the postseason. So it's not like this is a bad trade from a value standpoint. I just am not sure how much Brogdon actually helps the Celtics next year. I can't. Are you proud of yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're proud of yourself? Yeah, Fox backs me. Well... And to be honest, to be honest, no, no, that's enough. That's enough. Next question, please. Lights FC lost to Detroit City 1-0 over the weekend. Snapped a three-game They've been hot, though. They've been hot. Uh, So Lights right now, they're eighth in the West. That is still a playoff spot. Top eight, go to the postseason. They are one point ahead of Oakland, but Oakland has played two more games. So Lights have games in hand (laughs) on Oakland right now. Uh, So hope. Hopefully, the games in hand are good, and the lights can uh, make the postseason. How many games have you been to this year? Uh, I have only been to three, I believe. And you still got the season tickets, obviously. Yep, still got the season tickets, but have not been to many. I was sick this weekend and couldn't go. But, yeah, have not been to nearly as many as I should be going to. Yeah, you used to be a uh, regular customer. Oh, yeah, every game. But... Uh, and now they're having like their best season ever, and I'm not even there. What am I doing with myself over here? But hopefully they can make the postseason, and we can be excited about Lights FC in the playoffs. But uh, they are, so because it's close, let's see. They're still three points out of fifth and still a total of three points ahead of 11th. Okay, so they're going to make it. Two games well, in hand, they're going to they're gonna make it. Well, no, very well. The teams in tenth and eleventh have a game in hand on lights, so and we're only like halfway through the season. I'm trying very to be positive. easily give it give it a month, Ed, and we're probably talking about the tenth place Las Vegas lights. Oh man, you just can't get away from it. I'm trying to be the positive one here for the Lashbrook. I know. Have you I kept in touch it. with him? 
Uh, yeah, I have. He okay. he wanted me to be in the hot dog eating contest, and I told him, uh, oh. I tend to faint when I uh, <laughs> eat a lot of food, so probably not a good idea. They could stand above you and just sh- shoot water ball, <laughs> water balloons at your head. <laughs> the water would make you wake up. Oh, jeez. Step back one legged. What kind of shot is that? Have you ever shot that shot? Do you work on that shot? When? All right. The Angels got swept by the Astros over the weekend. Did you know the Angels have not had a winning record since they dropped Anaheim from their name? Uh, that is something you would come up with that I would not know nor want to. I stole it from Reddit, so I did not come up with it. But I thought it was a fun stat. Um, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim went 85-77 and 77 back in 2015. In that offseason, they dropped of Anaheim and just became the Los Angeles Angels. The best they've done since then is 80 and 82 with no postseason appearances. So it really wasn't their pitching. It's it's that they dropped Anaheim. It's, it's that, that they, they dropped Anaheim. It wasn't their pitching. Name. Yeah, it's good they have a fake name. But God, the Angels are bad. And it's oh, so terrible. funny how bad they are. Two best they, players in the world and they stink. They set a uh, record for most strikeouts in a three-game series with 48. Oh. And Mike Trout had seven of those. Yeah, but you know what? Your Astros are really good, and I'm not happy about it. They are very good. They, David very, Roth is right. Exciting. They are really, really good. It's you you must exciting. be jacked up. More jacked up than I was with the Dodgers taking three from the Padres. What, Were you disappointed they didn't get the sweep? Yeah, because they're leading in the ninth, and they gave up the lead. But what are you going to do? Kimbrough's a <laughs> lunatic. We don't know what's, we don't know what's <laughs> happening with that guy. Yeah, what Jared's doing is uh, his motion right now with the two hands outside. That's a little weird anyway. So he, he gives up the lead. But no, three out of four. Leads four and a half, by the way. The Padres, since <laughs> taking over first place in for like two seconds. Look at the stat here. Uh, on June 17th, 6-11. and 11. Thanks for checking oh. in. Oh, hey, uh, who was the big boy that was pitching in the ninth for the Dodgers <laughs> yesterday? Hold on. I got to remember his name. Did, did you see how like big he that. is? He's huge. I, mean, I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> he's a big boy. I'm trying he didn't. He, uh, Dave Dave Roberts didn't let him finish it out. He gave. He let the tying run. No, he let the tying run Roberts go in that bum. Oh, it's. Yeah. Uh, um, is it Reyes Moranta? Yes, I think so. It's Reyes Moranta. I like that guy. Why do the Dodgers have so many relievers? I like. That's Bruce Star Gratterall is like my favorite reliever ever. This guy's just massive. You gotta like. You gotta pitching. like Phil Phil Bickford, CSN guy. You don't like him. All I hear no. from it is, is all, all we CSN know about guys. him is he's from CSN and he sucks. <laughs> well, he has. No, he doesn't suck. He's oh, retired. Probably like he's retired like the last six or eight players. Oh, okay. Hitters. I just remember last year this CSN guy. Yeah, I go. Jared. I go game to game on who I think stinks, <laughs> except Bellinger. I kind of stay with him. <laughs> the CSN guy blew like one game all of last year. <laughs> And that's the only one Ed ever told us about. <laughs> oh, okay. See, I his, don't I don't watch his the His ERA was probably like 2.9. And Ed was like, oh, <laughs> this guy. Unbelievable. Well, like, I know why you like Reyes Maranta uh, because he's a big boy. He's huge. Like, I think Dave Roberts went and got him because he can probably only throw like 22 pitches. Yes. Without just being too tired, tired to throw another one. So it's like, yeah, he's got a pitch limit. And doesn't matter if he's doing well or not. You got to go get him. All right. Coming up next. We'll jump into the Raiders because, uh-oh, Brett Favre is talking. No disrespect to Devontae at all. Zero disrespect. But I do think that Devontae will, will make uh, Derek Carr better. And in time, they will be a dynamic duo. 
Now, will it be the duo that, that Aaron and Devontae had? Time will tell. I think Derek Carr is a very good quarterback, but he's not in Aaron, uh, Aaron's league yet. It uh, may never be, and, that, and that's no disrespect either. But but I do think that Devontae uh, owes a great deal of gratitude to, to Aaron and, and the Packers drafting him. That's not to say he's not a great player because he is a tremendous player. And, uh, and and we'll see that with, I almost said Oakland, with Las Vegas. Uh, but it's just hard to, to shift gears, especially from a player as prolific as Aaron Rodgers. I'd be shocked if he had the same year he's, he's had in the previous year. That's not to say he can't do it, but I, I would be shocked. All of the sun, none of the fun on the Press Box Summer Edition. Can, can anyone help explain to me why that was considered like a hot take from Brett Favre? No, if it's a hot take, I think he just gave his opinion about Devontae Adams and Derek Carr and what he thinks about him. I don't, I didn't think it was a huge hot take. I thought it was a, you know, it was an interesting take that he had that much to say about it. But like people I mean, wrote headlines about oh, that and Raiders yeah. fans got mad at it. Oh, and I can't, you knew they would. No, why? Because anything that says, oh, Derek's not as good as someone or Devontae's not going to have a good year. He's they not think, as good as Aaron yes, Rodgers. Yeah. Of course he's not. But they think that if this guy doesn't have a career year, they're obvious, They're all just going to be completely depressed and crying, Raider fans. They think this guy, meaning Devontae Adams, is going to have a career year and Card's going to finally prove he's a top five quarterback and that's what they're saying and how dare you ever, you know, say anything against Derek Carr? So I'm not surprised at all what you're saying about Raider fans. I think you and I and, and Jared, who, you know, are fans of certain teams, but, you know, don't have a strong opinion either way, looked at it and said, okay, it's Brett Favre and he's got an opinion about something. Devontae Adams last year had 1,500 <laughs> receiving yards. The year before that, he had 1,300 in 14 games. Yeah. He has 29 receiving touchdowns in his last 30 games played. There is zero chance Devontae Adams has those same numbers with the Raiders this year. It is just no. not possible because, one, Derek Carr is not as good as Aaron Rodgers. Two. Whoa, whoa. Hot take. The, the Raiders have a wide receiver that is better than Marquez Valdez-Scantling that the quarterback might actually throw the ball right. to. And guess what? They got two of them. They got Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. And Darren Waller. There is like, I don't understand why anybody would hear what Brett Favre said and would even think it was like noteworthy. But yet... It was a headline in TMZ and Raiders fans. I just, I couldn't figure out how that was a hot take because who disagrees with it? No, you, you, you're, uh, you're, 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 you know why they uh, disagreed with it and thought it was a hot take. You know Raider fans as well as anyone. And you've read all the Twitter tweets about Devontae Adams and Derek Carr. They, look, it's okay to be excited. It's okay to think they're going to have a great year and all of that. Your fans, you're fanatical. There's a reason, you know, that's why you're called that. I get all that. But if you can step away, and I think like you and I can, and Jared and others who aren't completely obsessed with that team, and you step away and you say the numbers that you just said, then it's obvious the odds are against him having having as good a year. And by the way, that doesn't mean he's not going to have a really good year. It doesn't mean he's not going to have a good year. And then Renfro and Waller, you've said it before. Look, that's why with Waller, they might be waiting on the numbers, mostly because I think they're waiting on his health. 
but all those guys could have less yards than they've had. But if you put the three together, they could all have really good years. But it doesn't mean they're all going to have career years. That would be impossible. Like, if Devontae Adams, who, again, 1,500 receiving yards last year, if he has, like, 1,600 receiving yards this season, it's probably not a good thing for the Raiders. Because that well, they're throwing it a lot. Carson. That's right. <laughs> well, yeah, they're throwing it a lot, and he's probably only throwing to one guy. Yes. And that's probably not a good thing. Like, you, in all seriousness, you should want Devontae Adams to have, like, eleven or 1,200 yards instead. Not a career year. Somewhat of a letdown here. But, hey, Hunter Renfro had 972 yeah. Darren yards. Waller. And Darren Waller had 1,100 as well. Right. Like, I, I'm just, I don't know. I, it, it was amazing to me. that was Because I saw it once, and I didn't think anything of it. I thought, yes, Brett Favre, that's probably the sanest thing he said in the last five years, is that Devontae Adams is not going to be as good without Aaron Rodgers. And then I kept seeing it pop up with people disagreeing. And I was like, what, what is happening here? This is very clearly reality. Like, let me ask you this. What is Devontae Adams' yardage total this year? He had 1,300 two years ago in 14 games. He had 1,500 last year in 16 games. If he plays all 17 this season, what's his yardage total? 1056. 937. Oh, wow. Oh, boy. <laughs> you guys just got him cut from the team next year. Jesus. Oh, I can't believe it. Here come the, well, tweets, I mean, from, here come the tweets from the Raiders. Waller's fans. still going to lead the team in receiving yards, obviously. What did you What did you say, Jared? Waller's going to lead the team in receiving yards. No, no, no. His his number nine thirty seven. Nine thirty seven. Hold on, I gotta I gotta do. Can some you math. imagine? That is, is fifty five yards a game, Jared. Yeah, that sounds about right. The fainting of the Raider fans. <laughs> if this guy went for nine something seven, nine I, what? No, nine thirty seven. <laughs> nine thirty seven. No, I think he's gonna go like he's gonna be held catchless some games and then go off other games. Okay. <laughs> It's going to be three games of about 300. If he doesn't have a catch in the third quarter, they're throwing Catchless. him like 10 straight times just to get him catch. a catch. Oh. oh, okay. I hope he's catchless in the first game of the season now. Oh, God, that'd be funny. If they would lose to the Chargers and he'd have zero catches, talk about Armageddon with the <laughs> fan base. Oh, no. They would go, well, they were bracket covering him. <laughs> Jared, okay. 930 seriously if he has 937 in 17 games somebody he's not he might not be on the team next year well they gave him that contract that's good i mean they can get out like, of it like that is if he plays he's all got the games the, they've that's got less that than one year out man a game. okay but Jim, he, he won't like ed gave him basically 90 more yards and you're not <laughs> like is that much of an improvement you went lower <laughs> you went lower yes yes you went lower if he plays all 17, he's got to average. He's got to get like close to 1,200. That's going to put him at uh, maybe 75 yards a game, 70 something like that. Like he's got to get close to 1,200 yards. Otherwise, we're looking. All right, give us give us your number. 1,200. Give us a, don't yeah, get, don't give us a solid number. Give us like a weird number. All right, all right. 1,218 yards. Okay. All right. Is how many he'll have? He might now, he might middle our numbers and be 1,100 and something. Well, here's the real thing. There's he'll probably like end up playing like 15 games or 14 games or something like that, and it'll end up being roughly Jared's number, but yes! in 15 <laughs> games, in two less games or something <laughs> like that. Because the games he'll be held catchless in, he'll be out on IR or something like that. And yeah, congratulations, he was catchless. But yeah, and you know, 
Jock Peterson will put him on IR and somebody will get mad in this fantasy league because he's got Devontae Adams stashed away. But well, man, if he I'm now I'm now cheering for him to go catchless in the first game of the year, just so A, Jared can tell us that he told us so and also to see the reaction. Who will be the first guy to have a catch for the Raiders this year? I'm gonna go with Renfro. No, it's Adams. First first play of first the season. First play of the game, they're, they're going to him right away. Oh, yes. It's going to be, and it's not even going to be a deep route. It's, it's going to be, be a screen pass. Yeah. It's going to be a tunnel him. screen. Just to get him the ball. Yeah, Probably just... play action. Josh Jacobs runs out to be an extra blocker, and they throw it directly at the line of scrimmage. <laughs> and he gains <laughs> <right>. four yards. <laughs> yep. No, Jason, I... the Jason Witten play. Yes, except Devontae Adams might break a tackle yes. for once. Might actually stay on his feet longer than two seconds and just fall straight down. Might, uh, might make it uh, pretty long ways. All right. So, yes, listen to Brett Favre, not usually, but in this case, listen to Brett Favre. He's actually right. Coming up next, uh, Ed, I've got some fake chicken updates for you. With a new world record of one gallon of Nathan's lemonade, Badlands, how do you feel? Uh, oh, excuse the bad man. Sorry. Woo, that was awesome. You're listening to the Press Box Summer Edition. All right, Ed, I've got an important update. Wait, before I get to that, coming up in about 10 minutes, tickets to go see the Black Keys. So if you want to go see the Black Keys, stay tuned. We got tickets for you. But, Ed, I've got an important update on our chickens. Are you ready for this? Uh, do I have to be? Uh, yeah, you don't have a choice. Okay. I'm just asking to uh, sound like I'm nice here. All right. Um, so we've mainly been racing just two of our chickens. Uh, 407k and sandy cheeks are fake digital chickens for those of you that are just tuning into this fake digital chickens that race for real money uh last night we debuted a third chicken he is uh named nothing rhymes because he's orange and nothing rhymes with orange um he has raced how many times have he raced six times he has finished in first place four times and second place twice uh okay so you're excited uh, about him? Very excited. The one, like the one to pour some cold water on it. These are all like, uh, they're called chick races. So they're sort of like introductory races. You've got to race so many of those before you can enter real races. So they're they're not like real big dollar races. They're all free races against other people racing their chickens for the first time. But uh, yeah, very good. Four wins, two second places. Uh, very, very excited about so this So is this chicken using... Uh, uh being a dragon and all the talents uh this chicken has a machete so oh. it cuts other okay. chickens heads off beautiful uh which is not that good actually like it's it's fine but it's not that good uh the exciting part though is that one of his races the other chicken used the dinosaur one where he turns into a t-rex and then two raptors come down and eat other chickens uh our chicken got eaten by a raptor and still went on to win the race really yes so very excited about this chicken right now who who bought the chicken who who was the who was behind it you or one of your partners uh we bought i don't remember we bought it a long time ago i do not remember exactly when we bought this but i will say my partner this morning he raced them all through the night woke up this morning and was like yes i'm already trying to sell them Oh, that's right. You got to. We well, got to sell yeah. high, man. You got to sell high. Yes, I love that you still say so, partner, even though we know who your partner is. <laughs> yeah, it's Ken. 
It's Ken from Senben. Yeah. Sen- so yeah, yeah uh, Kenben. Ken's already trying to sell him, which would be fine if we got a good price for him. Would be great actually. But yes, I'm excited about this chicken. If we either going to sell him for a bunch of money, or hopefully he can win a bunch of races and win us a bunch of money. You bought low. Uh, I'd actually have to see. I don't know. Well, well technically buying technically. now would be buying low because cryptocurrency is like zero dollars. That's true. So anything right now would be buying low. But uh, what did we pay? Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, no, wait. Where'd he go? Yeah, he's the most expensive chicken we've ever bought. Oh, really? So no, we did not buy low. Okay. Uh, not at all. Yeah. So <laughs> we need him to work out pretty well. Uh, Got a text from Jared here. I like this. From L. Duncan, my flight is being held up because a woman has an emotional support turkey on the plane, and they aren't sure if that's allowed. You can't make this up. Someone stood in line like it in A14 and had a turkey, and they scanned the scanned <laughs> the card and allowed the person to come on. My question Which, is if you like had to put it on the conveyor belt and it had to go through the X-ray I mean, machine, or did God, you have to hold it over you your head the with the tur- through to go yeah. through the body scan machine? How? Yeah, you're, you guys. How is this a problem at the gate or on the plane? Yeah, how yeah. is this not a problem? <laughs> how did they get that? on the plane with the turkey? Right. Like that. That makes no sense. I feel like if if you get all the way to the plane with the turkey, the turkey's allowed to be there. That's true. Had to go through like, security in a yeah. in a in a uh, cage. But you're not holding the turkey, are you? Well, it's a, I don't know. It's a, it's a support turkey. It's you a support be. turkey. You might be holding it with one of those little blue support uh, vests on that I got my dog from Amazon because you can just order those things. I, I, I just We needed it to stay in a hotel one night. Does anyone else feel less secure flying now? <laughs> that they're just like, that's a turkey. Uh, Go on through. Well, no, Whatever. Just get on the plane. I'm not too worried about the turkey. The turkey's fine. I, you, I think... You'd be allowed to walk the turkey just through the airport, but it's you got to have the little case that you put the turkey in for takeoff and stuff. Like they, like a dog's got to go in the little case under the seat. I, I assume you'd have to do that as well. But once, like when you're in the airport, do you put a turkey on a leash? I should hey. ask my mother this. I think you can just walk around Ooh. with the turkey. I was wondering that about the dog because when we were flying back from the Bay Area, uh, a woman was pre-boarding. And she had a little uh, Shih Tzu, and um, Ooh, that was close. Dog. Yeah, it was close. Uh, I didn't see a case with it. It was on its leash, and really? she. It, I didn't see a case, so I asked Bonnie, and we didn't see her on the plane. Maybe we just sat in different uh, different areas. But is it uh, if, is a lap dog designated that you can just keep it on your lap? I thought it had to be put in a in a carrier. I have never flown with a dog, so I don't know the answer to this, but I'm under the impression you've got to put them in a case that fits so. under the seat. And that's that it's treated the same way as like a, a carry-on Luggage. bag is for takeoff and landing. Right. Like once once they turn off the seatbelt sign or whatever, you can bust your dog out, just like you can take your laptop out or something like that. But you can't just have it roaming the... I don't know. Maybe you can. I know we should ask... Um, Mike Ramala flies with his dog on a regular basis. Oh, does he? Mike Ramala. He might be a, an expert on this. Yeah, I think when he goes home, I think he normally takes his dog with him. Okay. So so we need right now either in this break, I need to call Mike Ramala or your mom? Well, I can ask my mom if you could put a turkey on a leash. Because here's, here's the thing. Turkey, as far as my experience from her turkeys, turkeys are mean. Yes! That's yes. what I'm like. I literally... These are why I don't think they're domesticated even yeah. on the farm. Like a chicken, I could understand being 
Like we're talking about a, a, com- a somehow comforting you, maybe a chicken, but turkeys are like, is it a is a security chicken or turkey? Like, is it protecting her from other people? I don't says, know. It says emotional support. Said she yeah, said it like, was emotional support because she had to have a turkey on the plane. How mean is this person that the turkey is yes. the one supporting her emotions? Like, how, oh, I was going to ask you, how were your dogs last night with the fireworks? Oh, Ruby hated it. Yeah. Absolute it's a disaster. nightmare. It's a disaster. Two of the worst. One of the worst two nights of the year, along with New Year's. Yeah, not good. We um, we tried because normally we wait until like the sun is like just gone down to walk her, so it's not so hot outside. We tried to walk her a little bit earlier last night, and as soon as we open the garage door, she hears a firework and immediately goes back to yes. the door. Yeah, wants to go back in. I was like, ah, I guess we're not getting a walk tonight. So yeah, that did not. Uh, wasn't a great night, but she was okay. It's it's the like one night a year. We normally take her collar off at night so she can sleep without her collar on. It's the one night a year we, we make her sleep with her collar on because it's like, ah, eh, she might try to run and then she won't have her collar on. Yeah, it was. Uh, I saw people all over Twitter even more this year than past. I'm not so sure. And we still had people 3 a.m. still uh, yeah. setting them up and 6 a.m. this morning. It's like, you know what? It's over. <laughs> the, the the party is over 6 a.m. this morning. They were they were still setting them off. It's like, come on, man, I'm trying to sleep. The, the part that's I'm at a, home, I I kind of hope I hear my neighbor shoot some off here in a few minutes. Uh, I mean, I do I do like playing the uh, the dogs barking and Ed just going, "What was that?" <laughs> but no, I have to add. There was a lull between 1:30 and like 2:30 where I actually got some sleep, and then. Yeah, like did you take a nap or did you like take out all right everybody everybody take five we'll come back and you know torture animals later do you guys have any illegals in your neighborhood yeah that's all we had like okay. we are literally there is no zoning for fireworks whatsoever it they, you could see them like yeah. they were they weren't going up very high we, we had a ton of illegals. Thank, thankfully, it's uh, thankfully it's not a drought and it's not really dry. Yeah, right exactly. Now. That's what my wife said. It's a good thing everything's so uh, moist out here. All right, who wants some tickets to go see the Black Keys? They're coming to MGM Grand Garden Arena on Saturday, July 9th. That's this weekend, and we've got a pair of tickets for you. Seven zero two three six four eleven hundred is the phone number if you want to go see the Black Keys. Seven zero two. Three six four eleven hundred. Be caller number eight, and you'll win a pair of tickets to go see the Black Keys. I haven't played a Ryder Cup or a Presidents Cup, but can't imagine there's a whole hell of a lot of difference. I mean, this was as cool as it gets. We've been saying about it all week. Like the energy is just—it's different. It's awesome. Back to the press box, summer edition. Wimbledon's going on over in England. Uh, I think we're down to the quarterfinals of both the men's and women's side. Uh, The woman who beat Serena finally got knocked out in the round of 16. I can't remember her name after saying I felt sorry for her last week, but uh, she actually went on a bit of a run. She wasn't just beat Serena and done. She was actually pretty good, uh, but got knocked out in the round of 16. Yeah, she kind of bailed on her doubles partner, by the way. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, she went. Her doubles partner was going to make her Wimbledon debut. Yes. And this girl uh, just didn't play doubles because she beat Serena. Yeah, she and was beat like, Serena oh. and thought, hey, I can make a run here. Yeah. And, I mean, she did. But, yeah, you just bailed on your doubles partner, which is, uh, yeah, kind of sucks. Kind of a crappy move. Uh, but 
that's not the fun part of Wimbledon. Here's the fun part of Wimbledon. This is a fun story from the Telegraph over in England. Apparently, players get a $90 like sort of per diem at some restaurants uh, while playing in Wimbledon. And coaches of the players get 45 pounds uh, to spend at some of these restaurants, effectively making them free restaurants. But there is a dollar amount per diem. Wimbledon apparently sent an email to players and coaches asking them not to be wasteful when using their per diem because one coach got 27 bottles of yogurt one night because he wanted to use up his per diem for the day and had too much money to actually spend. Okay, well, why does Wimbledon care what people spend their money on? Well, their complaint was that the restaurants were basically running out of what they were supposed to have to serve. You mean yogurt? Because because somebody was getting 27 <laughs> bottles of yogurt to know. end the night. I think it's kind of funny. What it, it is kind of funny. What on your menu is one pound? I will take 44 <laughs> yes, of them. Exactly. <laughs> and you may take, I know it's not customary in this country, but you may take one pound as a tip. I mean, if you're giving them the 90 pounds and the 45 pounds, now you're going to I guess dictate what they. I mean, yeah, the twenty-seven bottles of yogurt's a little strange. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> but it's probiotic dictate, yogurt, so he, yeah. maybe he had a problem. Exactly. <laughs> um, not be wasteful. So again, I, I go back to then. Then don't give him. A, then I guess don't give him a per diem. Apparently, the Australian Open one year did just like a completely free set up for food and they scratched it after like two days <laughs> everyone so, was in there apparently you cannot give tennis players and coaches free money or free food or they won't know exactly how to act anymore and you're going to have a problem on your hands where some coach is going to be like yeah i'm going to take 27 things of yogurt because who knows who needs this yogurt imagine if they did this with golfers at augusta where everything is five dollars yes. And so you're just like, all right, I'll take, uh, I guess I'll take like 12 of these. I don't know. Well, yeah, that would, that you'd be loaded at Augusta. But I just, it's, it's just funny to me that you can have sort of a per diem and then tell people to stop using it. And you're like, well, why? And it's like, oh, some coach got 27 bottles of yogurt. I always like so. when the, you know, the, uh, Mookie Betts of the world. Uh, Mookie, here's your per diem for the road. It's $246. Here's your per diem on the, in, the, in, the, uh, in your envelope. Because they hand out envelopes, I guess, when they get off the bus for the first time for their per diem. I've known uh, riders who knew this stuff, and uh, players would tell them, yeah, we get, you know, you get to a city. It's like an 11-game roadie, and they have their money ready for them for the whole 11 days. Can you see someone like Mookie Betts? I mean, talk about spare change in your, in your wallet. <laughs> Now some of these younger guys, man, they probably save it and they just eat, oh. they just eat the spread in the uh, in the clubhouse. Absolutely, there was uh, Jamal Mosley, the magic coach we had on last mm-hmm. week. We was reading a story about him how when he first got his start, he was whatever a video coordinator or something like that. But he would like when they would fly to whatever game they would go to, there'd be like food that would be served on the plane. He would take extras, and that would be his meal for the next day yeah. or something like that. So yeah, there's there's got to be guys that get called up from the minors that are like, oh, I'm making yeah, a what's, few hundred thousand. What's this that, envelope of cash you just handed right. me? 
I'm going to keep this. And yeah, but yeah, Mookie Betts, it is funny. Do do they still give out cash? Well, that I don't know. I know writers told me in the past that they, no matter when they get into the first city and they get off the bus or whatever, they're handed their per diem now. I don't know if they're now Venmo their per diem. I don't know if they're handed cash. I I I don't know that. It used to be cash, but uh I just I always thought that was funny like guys making 35, 40 million dollars a year and then they if they didn't get it, they'd probably ask for it. Hey, wait a minute. Yeah. Why hey, Joe I'm... get that over there? Where's mine? Yeah. Uh I I think I might have found the one example of the head coach pocketing his per diem. When Jim Tom Sula was the head coach oh, of, of the course. 49ers, <laughs> mostly because I love this list, and I will re- I I will read it anytime I have the opportunity. He worked as a medical equipment sales rep, a newspaper delivery boy, a night janitor, a firewood cutter. He cleaned floors at a department store. He was a food sales rep and a doormat salesman, a doormat salesman, while also coaching professional football. <laughs> That dude is taking a he five was, out of his per diem, and he's oh like, yeah. "This will last me six yes, weeks." Exactly. He was probably co- he probably was he even getting paid when he was the head coach. Like he was probably just like coaching Room for and high board. fives and hugs. Yeah, he was like, "Yeah, where am I staying? In my office? Cool. Yeah, the nicest his per diem was a lived. salary." Yeah. I wonder like, what per diem is gym. nowadays. It's got to be. It's got to be a lot. It's got to be a lot with uh, with how much everything costs. Let me see. Per diem, baseball. <laughs> Major League Baseball. Just Major League Baseball per diem. Okay, so probably gonna get So this year, uh each day, guess what Major League Baseball players get a day for their per diem. Day. Okay. So Wimbledon is giving tennis players ninety bucks. Ninety, 90 pounds, pounds a day. Oh, I got to Do they get two? I'm gonna go hundred bucks. I'm gonna go oh. one forty. Wow. What a guess by Bishop. A hundred. Now this is weird to me, by the way. A hundred dollars and fifty cents. Ah, yeah, you gotta have the fifty cents, Ed. What if there's a vending machine? Obviously, you gotta be ready to go. Get the candy. Vending machines probably aren't fifty cents either. But yeah, you gotta be ready to go. Hundred dollars and fifty cents, man. Mookie bets getting off the bus, getting off. Getting a few quarters. Yeah, here's here's a hundred dollars and fifty cents. We'll Venmo you the hundred bucks, but you're taking these two quarters, Mookie. Do something with these two quarters. Oh. I want to see Dave Roberts Venmoing each player as they step off the plane.